Welcome today to our midweek Bible study called Morning Glory. Today we're going to be in the book of Acts chapter 13. We're going to start in verse 5 and let's open up today in prayer. Heavenly Father, as we jump into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come right now and quicken the scriptures so that your word is alive to us and it would appear to us as spiritual food, and we can consume it and be transformed into the image of your Son, Jesus. Father, we pray this in His name. Amen and amen. Again, Acts chapter 13, let's drop down to verse 5. And when they arrived in Salamis, they preached the Word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. They also had John as their assistant. Now, when they had gone through the island to Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bargesus, who was with the proconsul, Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. This man called for Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. You know, I find it fascinating that even intelligent people can be deceived by fraudulent people. So we want to guard against all forms of deception. Verse 8, but Elimus, the sorcerer, for so his name is translated, withstood them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. Well, Elimus is certain, uh, he's certainly doing the work of the devil by trying to cause disruption from the gospel being preached in a very clear and understandable way so that people can be saved. Verse 9, then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, O full of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil. Pastor Stephen, how do you know a son of the devil? Somebody that is full of deceit and full of all various forms of fraud. And he says that he is a son of the devil. And this is what he said, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease? Now listen very carefully to this, to this statement that Paul made. Will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? Now, uh, just as a little follow-up, verse 11, we're going to kind of camp out on verse 10. But verse 11 says, Now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you will be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. And immediately a dark mist fell on him, and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had been done, being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. Praise God. So, the preaching, the teaching of the Lord, the... Uh, uh, proclaiming forth of His Word and His truths, the good news, which is the Gospel, is backed with signs, wonders, and miracles. Hallelujah! And Elimus was blinded for a season. Now, I found it fascinating, the statement by the Apostle Paul, when he said, Will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? Let me proclaim to you that all of the ways of the Lord, not 99%, but 100% of the ways of the Lord are all straight. Woo, praise God. See, there is so much crookedness today in our culture. We see it in sports. 
We see it not in just, uh, you know, individual type of sports, but it's across the board now. It's it's not just power sports, but it's, uh, uh, you know, you, you would understand going back decades ago that the understanding of anabolic steroids began to be unfolded more to the public. And there was the knowledge that, hey, these things can really increase your strength. But as time went on and these drugs became more advanced and became more dialed into specific sports, we saw it not only in strength sports, but then it began to move into the area of endurance sports. Now you have blood doping and you have cyclists cheating that are doing crooked deeds, uh, saying that they are competing on a fair level, but they're back in a tent blood doping and doing all of these things to uh, uh, build themselves up so they can keep on going in these endurance sports. And it's become quite rife also in the sport of track and field, particularly in the distance events, where any time a world record now is broken, there's a lot of question marks surrounding it, not just among the men, but also the women. And also not even in the distance events, but also in the sprints or the field events, which are more back to strength again. You get a lot of questions, but now we see it also in uh, the professional sports, such as even baseball where these drugs have the ability not just to make you stronger uh, and so forth, but they have the ability basically, which is the big draw for the cheaters, they have the ability to allow your body to recover faster. So normally if you need three days to recuperate, uh, you take these wonder drugs, uh, which are cheating because they're, they're also very dangerous for your body, but within about five hours, you're ready to go again. You don't need three days, but that's going to extract an extreme toll on your body eventually, especially on the areas of your body that do the filtering, such as your liver and your, your kidneys. They take a heavy toll. And there are some uh, other areas of uh, athletics where it's just full-blown drug usage, and, it's, uh, and, and people know it. Uh, they say we're natural. No, you're not natural. Everybody knows you're not natural because of what's going on with the bloated belly and all of the other signs of, of bloating. that go, Many other signs that go along, for those that have knowledge in that area, of those who are on the anabolic steroids. So it, it's crookedness in so many areas of our culture. And then you have the areas of crookedness, not just in sports, but also in business permeating through many different types of business. Uh, you had the big scandal a couple of years ago with Volkswagen uh, with their cheating in the uh, big emission scandal. And they lied and said, oh, no, we're not, we're, we're not cheating. Everything's accurate. And uh, these, are, th these are the results you'll get. If you drive our car, you'll get this much mile per gallon in the city, this much in the country. And, and the whole thing was being faked and baked. And they were sending fraudulent information. They had a, a software cheat code that would cause the emissions to um, alter and change if an inspector was actually inspecting the exhaust. And uh, then we found out later that not only was Volkswagen cheating, and they denied it, denied it until the proof was so overwhelming. And then, then they're paying these massive fines. But then we find out that all of these other European manufacturers who were, oh, that's so awful that Volkswagen did that. We found out later, oh, they were doing it too. <laughs> <laughs> crookedness and all and, and look I uh, don't think that the the guys at the top and the gals at the top didn't know about it they all knew about it and they all made decisions sitting in those executive boardrooms that company over there is doing it and if we want to keep up 
with them, we're going to have to do it also. And so they threw their ethics, they threw their morals, they threw their values out the window and said, well, you know, if we have to be crooked to get there, this is what we're going to do. And they all got caught and they all got exposed for it. Now, we're seeing this also in the area of politics where there is a lot of bribery going on behind the scenes, not only on national levels, but also on state local levels. And uh, back to the national level, you, you'll see a lot of these long-term career politicians. Uh, you have to understand some of these jobs, maybe they pay $70,000 a year, maybe they pay $100,000 a year. But you look at some of these people and they've become uh, what you would call super rich. And you think, well, how, how do you get so rich when you're only making $70,000 a year? How do you have $100 million uh, net worth when that position only pays $100,000? A lot of that, uh, some of them got their wealth through having knowledge of insider trading. They served on, uh, you know, like a board, like the SEC, Securities Exchange Commission, or something like that. So they were aware of companies that were, that were going to do an IPO, or they were aware that, hey, this company's in trouble, the stock's going to drop, so they would sell, and all of this and that. And before you know it, they are accumulating millions of dollars for self-interest. So the job is not to be a public servant to serve the country or to serve the state. Oh, no, no. It's a way to get rich. <laughs> uh, whatever it takes to do it, cheat, lie. Uh, that's, just, that's just the way it works for so many of them that, uh, th that are bought in that area. And so, you know, it wasn't too long ago we had uh, one of the local mayor, uh, mayors of one of our large cities, probably the most well-known city in, in North Carolina. Anyhow, he was the mayor, and everybody thought, oh, this guy's great. Uh, but, you know, a lot of these people, they're, they're shady from the get-go. And uh, he's the mayor. And uh, uh, so behind the scenes, uh, a painting firm uh, with a painter, you know, a businessman who's a painter, said, hey, we want to we make a deal with you where we get these large painting contract jobs, and you, you choose us, and you make sure that the, the board and the directors choose us. Uh, you may give bids from all these other companies. We want to be the company you choose, and, uh, you know, if you'll do that, hey, here, here's some money. And he says, oh, yeah, okay, we, we can work a deal. So they gave him $40,000 cash, and he takes it. And you know what? came out later because, you know, so often these things do blow up eventually. came out later that he, he uh, the, the mayor so enjoyed doing it. He said, you know what? We need to work on some of these projects together in the future, not just other stuff. I mean, not just what we're doing here on paint. Let's do some other stuff, too. <laughs> he was just a total, uh, you know, pushover for a bribe. He had no idea that the guy making the bribe is not really a painter. It's, a, it's an FBI undercover agent who was... Hey, you know, just out there to see, hey, if, is he dumb enough to take the bait? Well, he was. And uh, that mayor even said, look, you know, I like doing these deals, but I don't like the color orange. So we got to be careful about this. In other words, I don't like the color of prison garments. Well, guess what he's wearing today? Orange garments. <laughs> so there's crookedness around us. But watch this. Paul refers to the straight ways of the Lord. Now, if it's not straight, then it's crooked. And if it's crooked, it actually gets into areas of our English language 
that go back to the word of wicked. And I want to talk about that just for a moment because if, if Eliamus is perverting the straight ways of the Lord and he's a son of the devil, he's full of fraud and deceit and all of that, then that gets over to this area of wickedness. And let's talk just for a moment about the, the, the uh, meaning of the word wicked when we look into the etymology of the English root word. Now, etymology is when you study a word, uh, maybe in the Bible, and you want to dig into the meaning of that Hebrew and Greek, yes, but it's still going to end up in our modern language. Where is that being sourced from? So when we look at the word wicked, and get to the root word meaning of it, which is also dealing in this area of crookedness, you have to understand that wicked, really the first mention of that in the English language started around we have records of it from the 1100s and then it starts it became more popular around the 1500s but it was in reference to Wicca so Wicca comes from Wicca and the earliest root word mentions would be Wicca in the sense of a male witch now also because cultures collide and that can also form the meaning the root word meaning of a word we also have the Scandinavian uh, influence upon this particularly the uh, Norwegians who were involved in the making of wicker furniture and the root word for wicker meant to bend you're bending reeds or these plant materials that could be bent and they would often not be straight so they are crooked so you have a multiple meaning of the word wicked it involves that which be would be satanic that would, would which would be demonic or diabolical it also involves that which is not straight which is crooked or bent. Therefore, we have the Apostle Paul talking to Elimus, saying, Will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? So, understand that all of the Lord's ways are 100% straight. Woo! Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. They're all straight. Um, Maybe some of you remember this, if you're a little bit younger, this may be an expression that you're not familiar with. But I, I remember it clearly back in the, uh, in the 1980s, sometimes maybe you heard the phrase, is that person straight? Particularly uh, in reference to a guy. Is he straight? I mean, is this, and that was uh, in reference to a guy's sexual orientation, because a natural guy has an attraction towards a natural girl, and the natural girl has a natural attraction towards the guy, and so that would be considered straight. So sometimes a person would say, hey, are you straight? And if they say, well, no, I'm something else, well, whatever they're going to identify themselves as, remember, it's not straight. Mm -mm. Now, they're not going to say, oh, I'm crooked. Oh, so you're straight. Yes. Oh, well, then I'm, you know, they're going to say I'm crooked. Well, not, nobody's going to say they're crooked. <laughs> I'm, I'm bent. I'm, I'm really bent really bad way over here. They're not going to say that. So they're going to give it something else. Maybe that sounds happy or good or whatever it might be. But they're trying to redefine something that's basically crooked and bent. That's what the word wicked has as its root meaning. Now, I want us to go to Isaiah 49 as we are considering the straight ways of the Lord. Now, please, right where you're sitting or standing as you listen, I want you to say this, say, 
all of the Lord's ways are straight. Woo! Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, Isaiah chapter 49, we get into the messianic overview of Christ, the Messiah, as the servant of God. And we know that in this chapter of Isaiah, which we know as Isaiah chapter 49, there are many messianic overtones. Now, of course, at this time when Isaiah wrote this, the Messiah had not yet come. He was going to come, so he's prophesying about his character, his identity, what he's going to be like, and we find some valuable insights into the life of the Lord in verse 2. And it says, And he, that would be God the Father, has made my mouth, that would be the Lord's mouth, like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he has hidden me. So we're going to see a double reference on this being hidden until the time was right to pull out this instrument that God could use. Now, it says that he made me, the Father made me, Jesus, a polished shaft. In his quiver, he has hidden me. So again, we have the element of being hidden. And this is not a sword. This here would be in reference to the arrow that's being hidden where? In, in the quiver. And nobody can see that arrow until it's pulled out. And the Lord was, as we could say, released at the right time in history, at the right moment, but there was preparation for that. There was the polishing of the shaft of the arrow, praise God. See, it starts, the arrow starts with a raw piece of wood that has to be cut, and it has to be uh, shaped down to where it's small into the size of the arrow, and so it's cut, and then it's sand it. And then with all said and done, it has to be perfectly straight without any nicks, gashes, or bumps along that shaft. Now, you can have the sharpest tip on the arrow that's very sharp that will pierce and penetrate into the target. And you could have the perfect feathers on the other end of it, that will stabilize that arrow in flight. But if the arrow, the shaft of the arrow is crooked, it's never going to hit the target. No matter how sharp it is on the tip, no matter how beautiful the arrows are in their positioning, stabilize it as it's going through the air. Look, if it's crooked, it's all for nothing. It's not going to hit the target. Mm -mm. Now Christ, the Messiah, was that arrow that had that highly polished shaft, perfectly straight, perfectly true. And you have to understand also that because you are in Christ, God also looks as you. Uh, he, he looks at you as being that arrow that needs to be polished. Mm -mm -mm. Let me say this. Some people that are in the church, they put Maybe I could say too much of an emphasis on destiny. Pastor Stephen, when it's my time, when it's my time, then God will pull me out of the quiver and he'll shoot me. 
Well, yes, there is an element to destiny. There is a divine element to God's timing. But look, there's also a part that we play in our willingness to allow the shaft of the arrow of our life to be polished, to be sanded, which is not always comfortable going through, so that we are conformed into this image of Christ that the Father says, that's the image I'm looking for, so, so now I can pull them out of the quiver. See, sometimes we think, well, it's just whatever God wants to do it, He's going to pull me out. And there is an element of that, but there's also the other part that we play where we say, Lord, I've got some deep uh, gashes on this part of my life, and I've got some real rough spots in this area that's causing me to lose spiritual ability to be aerodynamic. And so, Lord, you know, send them all down and then shine me up and polish it all up so that I can fly. Woo, praise God. That's what God's looking for. You want to be straight. Mm -mm. Be straight. With your mouth, with your words, Jesus said, let your yes be yes, and let your no be no. Whoo, praise the Lord. Mm -mm. That's pretty straightforward, isn't it? Be straight with your word. Be straight with your money. Whoo, hallelujah. I was talking to a ministry partner. Uh, this, was, this was maybe about 15 years ago, and he said, he said, Pastor Stephen, pray for my stocks, that my stocks will go up, and then when they go up, out of that account, I want to be able to contribute and bless your ministry. Always learn to ask questions before you jump on board and say, I'll pray, or something like that. Ask questions. I said, okay. I said, um, I said what are your stocks in? What do you have stock in? Oh, well, um, a slight hesitation there just for a moment. He had to think about how he was going to answer. He goes, oh, uh, it's with a, a publishing company. Oh, I said, it's publicly, publicly traded? He said, yes, it's on one of the big, you know, stock exchange markets. I said, oh. I said, what do they publish? And he just came right out and said it. He said, they publish uh, this, this, and this. I said, those are all pornographic magazines. Uh, he said, yes. I said, so you want me to pray that they go up in value? Well, yes, I guess that's what I'm asking you to do. And, I, and when they do, then I could, uh, you know, he said, I bought them at a certain price and the prices dropped down. So I don't want to sell it at a loss. But he said, when they go up, then I could, I could sell shares. And I could, I could send the proceeds to you. I said, I said, but that's, uh, that's a violation of moral ethics. I said, now look, I said, what you're asking me to do is legal, but just because it's legal in the eyes of the U.S. government, because there's a lot of bad things that are legal, just because it's legal doesn't mean that it's right in the eyes of God. And he just kind of faded out after that. I never, actually never saw him again after that. Never came to another meeting, never, never supported my ministry after that. But, you know, while I thank God for those that support the ministry, uh, it's not like... It's not like, oh, he stopped, oh, the ministry's going to fall apart. No, God's holding the ministry together in the first place so that if I have to hold to my integrity in the Word of God, which is what I fully plan on doing, and somehow, 
somehow, you know, a whole group walked away, then I'm holding to the integrity of the word. I'm going to stand with the word. And I, I know that's a great attraction to so many of you. That's that's why you're saying, Pastor Stephen, that's why I support your ministry. I mean, if I'm a fraud and a deceiver, you're, you're like, you're, you're going to back off from that immediately. And I, I wouldn't blame you. I would, too. But uh, when I confronted him about that, which is obviously an area of the shaft of his arrow that he wasn't willing to let the polish work go on. He wasn't wanting any sandpaper on that. There were some deep gashes and there were some severe bumps. But you know what? Um, that's an arrow that's never going to come out of the quiver. That's an arrow that, you know, the Lord can't work through a person like that. Hallelujah. It doesn't mean that they're not saved. I didn't doubt his salvation. But will that arrow fly straight? Here's what I'm trying to say. Jesus had a divine assignment. He was a man on a mission. He's an arrow that is designed by God to hit a specific target. All said and done, he got it accomplished. Why? He flew straight. And if you fly straight, you're going to hit the target. But if you're warped and bent and you're crooked, um, you know what? <laughs> You can go out on the shooting range and dance around and play around and you, you can dress up like Robin Hood and pull the bow back and, you know, try to emulate the Olympic shooters. But long as you're shooting for crooked arrows, um, you're never going to hit the target. And you in your life are never going to accomplish the assignment that God has called you to do when you're a crooked shooter. You have to be straight in life. Mm -mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Don't be afraid to let the Lord get in there and do what he wants to do and polish and shine. You'll be so happy later that you can't be bought. You'll be so happy that your life is not like a loaf of bread where you sell yourself just like people buy a loaf of bread. You'll be so happy that you cannot be bought. Oh, now, Pastor Stephen, every man has their price. No, 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 no. Not a man or woman of God. Absolutely not. They'd rather die, and literally would, and many have, than compromise biblical ethics and morals and values. Praise the Lord. Mm, mm, mm. Woo, hallelujah. Praise God. Here's a story that Prophet Kenneth Copeland shared about his father. Brother Copeland, growing up as a young man, seeing his father, who was always, in, the, in, in Brother Copeland's eyes as a young man, was always a pillar of integrity and truth. And also, his father had this reputation, not just in the house, but in business and within the community. And I want to read a story that Prophet Kenneth Copeland told about his father. He said, as a young man, I understood honor because my father raised me that way. I understood it because both my grandfathers were honorable men. They would rather die than lie. Please, let that sink in just for a moment. They would rather die than lie. A lie is crooked. Mm -mm. They would rather die than lie. And my grandmothers were honorable women. I understand what the psalmist means when he writes about the kind of honor that swears to its own hurt and changes not. Psalm 15, verse 4. I understand and respect the kind of person who is going to do the right thing, regardless of what it may cost. My dad lived this way in front of me. 
Dad was a tither since the day he and my mother were married in 1927. On their wedding day, they made a commitment to one another and to God that they would tithe every dollar God gave them all the days of their married life. God honored that commitment and supported them through the years. Many things God tried to teach them they did not understand because they knew very little about faith. However, the Lord took care of them anyway. During the Great Depression, my dad never went 24 hours without a job. Mother and dad lived on an old, dry land farm in northwest Texas. The only things in abundance there were sand and flies. Yet my daddy had a job because God took care of him. Excuse me, took care of them. Eventually, a fellow hired dad to work in the insurance business. Dad was very successful at it. So just a few weeks after he went with the company, he was moved to Fort Worth as district manager. The man who hired dad had been planning for a long time to start his own company. He was building up reserves while still working for the company that hired my dad. But this company had laws, rules, and regulations against the sort of thing this man was doing, and some of it was even against the laws of the state of Texas. This man finally announced he was starting his own company. He had the money and backing to do it, but he needed my father to make it work. He offered Dad a lot of money and a big chunk of the company. He wanted Dad to do for him and the new company exactly what he had been doing under him with the other company. This man based a great deal of his planning on Dad's acceptance of his offer. It came down to a lawsuit between Dad's company and this man. If they could prove he had done some things wrong, it would cut off over $100,000 from his new company's financing. Now, that was about 1956, when $100,000 was a great deal of money. This man was depending on this money to help establish his new insurance business. At the trial, my dad was the deciding witness. If the lawyer asked him, has this man ever approached you to work for him, doing the same job you're doing for your present employers, and Dad answered no, then the case would be closed. The man would get the $100,000 financing, and my father would get a huge chunk of stock and lots of money, along with a high position and much prestige. If Dad testified that the man had offered him a job with the new company he was planning to start, then the man would lose the $100,000, and Dad would get the privilege of keeping his old job. I was about 19 years old at that time, and I was thinking, whew, what's Dad going to do? If he takes the stand and answers that question one way, he's an instant multimillionaire. The money was already in the till, and the stock was already made out. If he answers the other way, all he gets is his old job. Wondering what Dad was going to do, I watched as he took the stand. He wasn't a bit nervous or anxious. He didn't have any sweat breaking out on his brow. I couldn't believe he could be so calm. The lawyer asked the question, did this man offer you a job with his new company doing the same thing that you are doing now? 
Without a second's hesitation, Dad answered, yes, he did. When it was over, he stood up and walked away. He left all that money lying on the table and the stock untouched. Later, I said, boy, Dad, how did you keep from saying what that man wanted you to say? It would have been a lie, was his response. It was as simple as that. To get that money, that stock, that position, Dad would have had to lie. There was never any question in his mind. He just went right on with his business. He gave no more thought to the matter. Every time he would see the man he had testified against, he would walk up, shake his hand, and ask how the new company was coming along. That man had such respect for my dad. He loved my dad all his life. Wow. Praise the Lord. What is that? That is a picture. Kenneth Copeland's father and Brother Copeland himself who walked in his father's shoes of integrity of an arrow that has a polished shaft. You can't be bought out and you're not going to tolerate crookedness in your own life. You can't be responsible for what others do, but in your life, in the arrow of your life, you're going to shoot straight. Woo. Praise God. And it's a person like that. God says he's ready. She's ready. I'm pulling him or her out and I'm going to shoot them as an arrow straight because they'll fly straight and they'll hit the target and they'll give me all the glory and they will not bow to crookedness. Even if it's all around them and the voices say everybody else is doing it. Woo. Praise God. You're polished and you will have nothing, nothing to do with any form of crookedness. Remember, all of the ways of the Lord are straight. Mm -mm. The ways of the devil are crooked. They're fake. They're fraud. Don't have anything to do with it. Stay straight. Stay straight and you'll hit the target. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. One more scripture. Let's go over to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Verse 9, ooh, Pastor Stephen, that's the scary chapter. I don't know if I want you to read it. It talks about the Antichrist. Relax. Oh, but Pastor Stephen, it talks about the man of lawlessness. What are we going to do? We could all be deceived. No, no, no. Hallelujah. A straight arrow doesn't get deceived. Straight arrow stays on course. And so will you. Praise God. Mm -mm. Watch this. Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse nine, the coming of the lawless one, the man of iniquity, the lawless one is according to the working of Satan. Oh, oh, well, we know that everything about Jesus is straight. All of his ways are straight. Know this. Everything about Satan is crooked. So anybody that's one of his ambassadors is going to be just like him. They're going to be loaded with crookedness. So you'll see it. You don't have to be concerned about it. You will not be deceived by it. And I also believe, I also believe that the church will be taken to be with the Lord before the horrible end time events unfold where the wrath is poured out upon the wicked who rejected Christ and persecuted the people of God. Now watch this. 
Again, the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. Oh, but Pastor Stephen, the miracles, the miracles that the devil is going to do through this man and the false prophet. Watch it. Watch it. It's going to be lying wonders. Why? Because there's, there's crookedness baked into everything he's going to do. Lying wonders. Ah, you know, with the Lord, everything is so straight. You don't, you don't have to be like the magician that says, watch carefully. I'm going to make it disappear. And, and he has to pull a curtain out in front. And when I remove the curtain, it's going to be gone. Well, why, why, why do we need a curtain? Why, why do we need a curtain? That, that tells me that you're doing something behind the curtain fraudulent. Well, well, yes, I have to. It's not real. Oh, yes. Uh, yes, it's all fake. Just in case you didn't know, it's all fake. It's all smoke and mirrors. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Power, signs, and lying wonders. Lying. Everything about it is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> the magicians, they come up to do their tricks. They got long sleeves all the way down to here. Why? Well, so they can hide all their stuff there. Their, you know, their cards or whatever it is. And uh, it's, it's all gimmicks. It's all tricks. It's all well thought out. It's well planned. It's well rehearsed. Uh, and even if they act like they're being honest, the, the, it's all a scheme. It's all a lie. Now, we're going to roll out this cart. And we're going to open up the cart so that you can see there's nothing in it. And they open it up. Look, there's nothing in it. Well, yeah, there's nothing in it, but there, there, there's a false wall that you think that's the back of the cart, but it's not. That's just a fake wall. You could pull it out. There's somebody hiding behind that. And as soon as they close the door of the cart and spin it around, oh, look, there's a person in there. Well, yeah, the person was there the whole time hiding. Power signs and lying, lying wonders. Why? He can't help it. That's just the way he is. He just, the devil can't help but lie. And the Antichrist, are you ready for this? The Antichrist will be the most crooked politician the world has ever seen. He will be such a slick, smooth liar. Get ready for the most crooked. Oh, oh, oh Pastor Stephen, he can't outdo so-and-so. Oh, no, no, just watch. He'll, he'll make so-and-so look like amateur league. When this guy comes forth, he, he will have a fake anointing, an anti-anointing that's against God. And... He will be crooked in all that he does. That's how you can, that's how you'll know. Now, I'm not saying we're going to be here, but I'm just saying that the elect, the elect will not be deceived. Why? Because the elect knows that all of the ways of the Lord are straight. They're straight. And this stuff over here, high level crookedness. Mm, mm, mm. Woo, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay. Power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception. Unrighteous deception. Now, many translations, if you go to BibleHub.com and you look this up, many of them say wicked deception. What are we getting back to? Crookedness. It's deception that's being done on purpose, and it, it's wicked. It's crooked. It's planned out. It's plotted out. They know exactly what, what they're doing. Uh, that's why against President Trump, uh, against any good president, wait, you know, wait till election cycle, get about three months out before the election. Here comes all the books. Here comes all the books that are saying, he said this, he said that. Well, hey, you know, it's, it's all unrighteous deception by people that just flat out raw lie and don't care. And they're lying and they're lying. And it's all planned out. 
and, and the books start coming out. See, all of that's planned. All of that's planned. All of it's staged. Everything from riots, the riots are staged. That's why before the riot starts, I wonder how that pile of bricks got there. Well, that's amazing. They could just, you'd think somebody could just pick a brick up and throw it through the window. Yes, that's why they're put there. Before all of those riots have ever happened, every single riot that's, that's happened in this nation, they're all pre-planned. They're all pre-staged. The people are shipped there. They're bussed there. They're paid for by co uh, corrupt wealthy people who have bad motives and bad ideas for this nation and they pay for all of these people to go out riot and loot and burn and, and, and pillage and yep there's the pile of bricks uh, brought in with you know, by the pallet load so that you get you know if you're if you're a paid rioter just grab your brick through the window uh, go in and you know steal all you know, all, you know the stuff and run off with it and, and keep it and get paid for doing it and then many of them go back and sleep in the nice hotels <laughs> Woo! it's it's all unrighteous deception praise the Lord don't let the smoke and mirror show uh, fool you. Oh, the book came out, Pastor Stephen. It said the most awful things. Yeah, yeah it's all part of the plan. Mm -mm. You've got to get sharp at this. You've got to get sharp at these types of things because the deception and the lawlessness is going gonna, is gonna to be like hanging around. It's going to be hanging around. Praise the Lord. I don't know why. Maybe I shouldn't say it, but I'm going to just put a little bit out there. I, I don't know why that in South Africa, some of these false prophets um, are able to hoodwink so many of the believers. And I, uh, there's, there's like two of them. They're just like high-level false prophets. And even with all of the information that's coming out of paid actors and stage actors who got paid thousands of rand to go along with the quote word of knowledge. Who what a spectacular word of knowledge. Yeah, they got he's got 30 or 40 people working for him that are nothing but information gatherers and they gather that information without you thinking they're getting it uh, because they're trying to act nice to you and host you and take care of you, but they're taking all of that back to headquarters and all of that is reviewed. It's all plotted, it's all planned, it's all rehearsed before the service ever takes place. And then when the prophecies fly and the words of wisdom fly, it's all fake. Can't you tell it's fake? Glory, glory to the Lord. And I look at so many of these people that are being deceived, and many of them are very poor, and they're impoverished, and they're desperate. And they see this, and they're just just—they're desperate for miracles, they're desperate for God. And these false prophets are preying on these on these people who have very low levels of spiritual knowledge, many of them aren't even saved. That are coming to the meetings. They're, they're uh, it's tragic. It's really, it's really tragic. And so, uh, see, America has been through a lot of that already. Uh, I won't say his name, but this was a guy that one of these ministers in America. Go, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back about three decades, uh, a little closer to four now, believe it or not. Uh, uh, the great prophet who would go to the meetings and give the great words of knowledge. He would give the words of knowledge and call people out by name and phone number and all of that stuff, the street you live on and all of that. And the whole time this was going on in these meetings, his wife, who's in on this fake lie, his wife is in a back room 
with the radio and he's out there, you know, giving all these fake words of knowledge with the re with a receiver in his ear. And she's saying uh, the lady on the third row with the red dress. Yes. Uh, see, when these people would come into the meetings, they would fill out healing cards. Well, they're taking that knowledge, that information, and they're sending it to the back room, giving it to people who are relaying it to him while I was out there calling it all out until uh, one of these famous skeptics said, let's find out what's really going on. And they took a private investigator who had all of this scanning equipment who could scan radio frequencies and stuff like that. And he picked it up, captured the whole thing on tape and had it played at that time by the most popular late night TV host there was in America, exposing that guy completely as a fraud. Well, what did he do? Well, uh, he went overseas for a while, and I remember when I was in Europe <laughs> about 15 years ago, and uh, one particular time when I was in Europe, and I, I talked to this one guy. He was driving me around. I said, well, uh, what are you going to do tomorrow? He goes, I'm going to go hear Reverend so-and-so speak. I said, Reverend so-and-so? I said, are you familiar with this track record of what he was doing in, in America, how he got busted publicly in front of everybody as being a total fake and fraud well you know brother Stephen I believe he repented and uh, you know you know and so he's going to go over there and, and you know and uh, pull the wool over their eyes too and uh, work the sheep over over there well that burned out eventually now he's back over here and he's you know the small level meetings and stuff like that what I'm trying to say is yes there's there's false prophets out there but my friends it, it's easy to start seeing through it because you're going to get red flags that say, now, wait a minute, that, that seemed crooked. Uh, I can't put my finger on what's going on here, and it seems like there's miracles going on. See, also, it's more difficult to tell if you're watching on TV or Internet like YouTube or something because you can't be there in that meeting to discern whether or not what kind of spirit is working here. What what is the atmosphere? Because if it's if God's working, there's a beautiful atmosphere. But if you can't get there physically to kind of like get a sense of what's going on, you're just seeing this stuff happen. And you're like, what's really going on? Let me just tell you, even still, even if you're not there, you'll get the red flags and they'll fly real high and you're like that seems really weird uh, and if you look at these things carefully you'll start to notice if it's fake it's going to have crookedness in it somewhere there's going to be something because the enemy can't hide it he can't he cannot he cannot help but who he is he is a liar he is a fake he is a fraud he is a deceiver mm, and he's crooked he can't help it. It's going to come out sooner or later. He's, he's very bent. He's very crooked. So if you watch carefully enough, you'll see, oh, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, that, to me, seemed very crooked. And if you see it, repeat it and repeat it. Watch out. Watch out. Oh, but it, but it seems so. Uh, yeah, watch out. You know, I remember when I was very young in ministry, I wanted to uh, invite a certain uh, well, actually, it wasn't that. It was actually something different. That was a different one. I learned on, a different lesson on that. But there was something I was wanting to write about. And uh, a pastor said, um, he, said uh, he said, Brother Stephen, he said, I know that person. I, he said, be careful. He said, I, he said, I don't want you to, in a sense, promote that person. Because if you do, you know, you could get mud on your face. Uh, if they're running the back a bad track record, it's not like suddenly they're going to like say, you know what, I'm going to stop doing all that crookedness. I'm going to straighten up, <laughs> you know, so especially after there's been exposure and they're keeping on doing stuff like that. He said, just be careful. He said, I wouldn't want you to, 
you know, had backlash come against you because, you know, you, you kind of like, you know, gave some exposure to that person. So I, I, I yielded back on that and I listened to him. I was very glad I did. Very glad I did because the older ministers and I find myself now in that position of walking in these areas trying to help younger ministers saying, hey, watch out just because something seems supernatural doesn't mean it's of God. So I'm not a skeptic. I'm not a doubter. I am a full believer in signs, wonders and miracles. But you have to you have to realize there are fake things that are out there and they can even masquerade in the church. Pastor Stephen, how do I know? It's, it's easy. It's either straight or there's going to be crookedness in it. So what's straight will hit the target. What's straight will have the anointing of the Holy Spirit, will have the, the power of the Spirit riding on it, will have the conviction of the Holy Spirit upon it to live in a way where your life glorifies the Lord. Mm -mm. And if you're not sure, just kind of sit back and be very uh, attentive and alert. Praise God. There was one situation in, in which uh, some good things were happening in a certain ministry. And some minister friends that I knew, they, they all ran, they ran to it. And me and Kelly both just felt a huge check. Don't. Don't connect with that because that's going, there's going to be a meltdown there. Oh, Pastor Stephen, how could that, that, that happen? Well, there, were, there was a meltdown. And then people were like, oh, we just, we can't understand how, and you know, me and Kelly were just like, how could you not see that coming? There, there were some good things going on there, but that, the shaft of that arrow had a lot of bending in it. And um, if, if, if there's too much crookedness, yeah, you're not only not going to hit the target, uh, there could be an implosion. And sadly, that's what happened. And then you had a lot of people that were disillusioned and, uh, you know, oh, how can we ever trust prophets again and stuff like that? Well, that's part of the prophetic development is just learning, picking up on these things of the Holy Spirit that are pure and true. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. Wow. Uh, one very godly prophet, very godly man, and I won't say his name, but, a, but, a, but another prophet overseas said that Jesus told him the names of five ministers that were closest to him on planet earth, and he said the Lord mentioned that man, that prophet. Well, that prophet that was very close to the Lord, he had a situation one time where he was, he was asked to go and... Um, attend a certain, uh, you know, conference, ministry conference. And he said that he went and the person that was ministering, he said he wasn't familiar with that person, but it was a pastor that uh, came out and he started moving and it looked like in an anointing of the spirit, but it was not of God. It was not pure. And this very godly prophet, his eyes were open and he could see Standing on the stage, an evil spirit standing next to the so-called man of God. And as this minister would, you know, talk and make people laugh and do his, do his thing, there was an evil spirit standing there playing the violin, releasing an evil false anointing. And uh, was it an anointing? Yes, but it was false. It has an area of coarseness to it. 
Watch out for ministers that tell jokes that are right on the edge of being crude. Uh, look, if they're going to do that in public, in private, they're they're not they're going over the fence. They're going over the edge. They don't just be crude. They're 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 just they get into the dirt. Watch out for stuff like that. There's evil spirits that work sometimes with these people, these ministers even that do this stuff, and it's a false anointing. Mm -mm. Get back to shooting straight. When your arrow, your life is straight. Remember, all the ways of the Lord are straight. Okay, straighten everything. Then you're going to be okay. Mm. Some ministers that, that were well known, a couple of them. Let me, let me say this before I share that. In ministry, ministers, there's a, there's a supernatural network where you may not know that minister, but you know somebody who knows him and they may not know me, but they know somebody who knows me. And really there is a linking where within one or two people, you all know each other. It's not like, Oh, you know, there could be that person's a hundred connections away. Oh no. At the most three at the most three. And so you all know each other, but there were two ministers very well known that got involved in this shady deal. And couple of the pastors pulled all of their church members into it and some of those ministers because they had they had a great uh, they had a good name and they knew a lot of people they pulled some people they knew into it and the whole thing uh, was a fraud was a fraud a total fraud how do you know Pastor Stephen because the person who was the head spokesman for the fraud told me himself, confessed to me himself. He said, he said, Pastor Stephen, the whole thing's a lie. He said, they've invested all this money thinking they're going to get this return, return on them, and they're planning on what they're going to do with the returns. He said, there will be no returns. He said, they don't even know what they've lost, all of their money. They've lost all of their money because he said, I'm the one that sold it to them. And he said, there is no money. It's all been spent. All of the money, massive amounts of money, and some of them gave their entire life savings. Some of them, uh, you know, sometimes ministers, they don't have a, a typical retirement fund like, you know, like 401k where that's being put away or something like that. So, but some of them had taken all of their savings, their entire nest egg, and they had put it into this thing, believing the words of this man and this team saying, you're going to get it back at least sevenfold, and some of you are get it back more than that. And the guy doing all that stuff came to me in private, said, the whole thing's a lie. They don't know it. You know, they, they've been fed this lie. He said, but I'm getting out. And he totally got out. He totally, in, a, in some ways, just disappeared. He said, I feel such guilt and conviction and shame. But he, con he confessed that to me, not to expose him, not to expose names. But, but he just, the Holy Spirit had him share that with me. And I talked with him and shared some things that I thought would help him to go forward with, you know, how he should handle it, what he should do. But I'm just telling you, there's, there's stuff out there. I've seen it. Forms of deception, crookedness. If it's crooked, stay away from it. Stay away from it. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. You don't have to do crooked deals to get to the top. You get to the top by being a straight shooter. Let everything about your life be straight. Whoo! Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I pray for your people today that they shoot straight with their words, 
with their money, with their character, with their ethics, that they will not compromise their integrity in your word for anybody, for anything, not even for, not even for a billion dollars. Thank you, Father. And that there will never be a justification for doing wrong. They'll throw all of that out and say, here I stand. Hallelujah. Now, Father, we give you praise. We give you praise for spiritual backbone. And we thank you that you're going to, you're, you're, there are many that you're, you're going to pull out of your quiver and you're going to shoot them because they refuse to compromise. You're going to reshoot them and release them on that destiny target. Hallelujah. And some of you, God has included in your destiny package a plan for great prosperity. Well, Pastor Stephen, God will just pull me out at any time and shoot me. Yes, yes, but yield to the polishing of the shaft. Yield to the polishing, the refinement, so that the shaft is straight, straight on. Glory, glory, glory. Glory. Mm -mm. I was intrigued about a great man of God I heard in India who had a very strong anointing. And he had a, he had a very big ministry, although I'd never heard of him. And uh, this man was actually in northern India. He had a lot of powerhouse ministries in south India. But in north India, uh, you know, uh, not quite as well known as some of the strong churches and ministries that are in south India. But he was up there in the north. And when I found out about his ministry, he'd already passed away, but he, there was some literature written about his life. And uh, one of the stories was that he was praying, asking God for a certain amount of money, and he had presented that to the Lord, and the next day, while he's walking through a very busy area, while he's walking through a very busy area, there, laying on the ground, was the exact amount of money that he had prayed and asked God for. Oh, Pastor Stephen, he must have picked it up, shoved it in the pocket, and got out of there before anybody could claim it. No, he picked it up and said, did anybody lose this money? Whose money does this belong to? And with as loud of a voice as he could to announce it and to walk around and try to locate the owner. Mm -mm -mm. Oh, Pastor Stephen, that's my blessing. Or is that something that somebody lost and you need to return it back to them because it belongs to them? Mm, be a straight shooter because you know if you would have lost something, you would want somebody to try to at least make an honest effort to get that back to the rightful owner. There, there are some things, yes, you, they don't have an ID, they don't have a number, and it, it is what it is. You know, you, you do the best that you can. But you, you at least need to do all that you could do to put yourself in the shoes of somebody else of trying to say, hey, you know, let's do this the right way. Hallelujah. Live your life very transparent in these areas. Oh, Pastor Steve, nobody's watching. God's watching all the time. And let me say this also. Don't think that others aren't. Others are watching. Mm. True story. Sam Walton, the founder of Walmart, was considering hiring a certain person for an executive position and had heard that, you know, the guy had a good hustle, had a good work ethic, but had also heard some other things that he could be a little shady. Well, this was a high-level executive position. So um, Mr. Walton and some of his other staff said, let's take him out to lunch 
And let's just talk and dig a little deeper and just kind of get to know him a little bit before we offer a position like this. So they went to a cafeteria. As you know, at a cafeteria, you get your tray and you come down the line and, uh, you know, you tell them if you want a salad, then if you want, you know, chicken, steak or fish or whatever, you know, the entree is and you get a dessert. And then at the end, this, you know, the dessert and the rolls and stuff like that. Well, uh, Mr. Walton was in a position where he wasn't trying to look. He couldn't help but notice something as they went down the line and they got to the very end of the line just before you pay the cashier. You have all the food there on your tray. This is like, you know, like a buffet uh, style and you have all your food there. And he gets this this man that was there for this opportunity to get promoted. He's there and he gets his rolls. He gets a couple of rolls and he gets he gets several pats of butter. The butter is 10 cents a piece. He takes the butter and slides it underneath uh, one of the plates under, under the plate so that the cashier can't see the tabs of butter. And when Mr. Walton saw that, he just kind of nudged some of his guys and said, this guy's a no go. He's a no go. If he'll cheat on tabs of butter that cost a dime each and he's trying to slide four of them underneath the uh, underneath the plate lip so that the lady can't see it no 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 we're not hiring a guy like this we need a straight shooter and that's what God needs too mm -mm. father bless your people let this be ingrained in their spirit thank you in Jesus name amen and amen hallelujah hallelujah Woo, glory, glory. Hmm. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. There's an anointing. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit's dealing with hearts. If you're watching today and you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you feel in your heart conviction of your sins, that's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit drawing you to Jesus, who is the solution for your sin problem. Would you like a new spiritual condition where your sins are washed away and your old sinful nature is removed and you're, giving a, you're given a new spiritual heart? Would you like that? Pray this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I am a sinner, but I know that you are the remedy for sin. You shed your blood at Calvary as an offering for my sin. And God received that offering. So Jesus, I put my faith and trust in you. Wash my sins away. Jesus, give me your new life right now. Jesus, write my name in your Lamb's book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for a change of heart. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, and strengthen me to serve you all the days of my life as a straight arrow. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. He's heard your prayer. You are now born again. You belong to Christ. Live for Him. There are some backslidden Christians, and there are some bent arrow Christians. You've heard this message, and you, feel, you have felt the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. You can't, you can't keep on living like this, doing the stuff that you've been doing, and expect to look at Jesus straight Eye to eye. You can't. You can't look at him eye to eye. You're convicted. You know it's been wrong. Some of the things that you've done. Right now, pray this after me. Say, Jesus, I can't live like this anymore as a crooked arrow. Jesus, wash my sins away. I repent. 
and I'm not going to do it anymore. I change, and I change now. I change now. Thank you, Jesus. Now polish. <laughs> polish me, Jesus. <laughs> I yield. I yield. Polish me so that you can work through me and you can shoot me st straight and true. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you. Mm, thank you. Amen. The Lord has heard your prayer, and you have been restored in the right relationship with Him. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, another story, speaking of Prophet Kenneth Copeland, he talked about the time a businessman came to him and said, I have a deal that I want you to pray with me and come into agreement with me concerning it's a business deal and should this deal go through I'll send the tithe to your ministry and an offering on top of that and brother Copeland said now I can't come into agreement with you unless I know the specifics and the arrangement of what this deal is well the man said there is a boat that it's a ship actually and there is content and product on this ship that has a very high value. Uh, and you know, we're talking like a million dollar value, something like that. A lot of content on this boat. And he said, I can buy everything on that ship because of something that's happened to paperwork or something like that. Uh, I can buy all of the contents on that ship for pennies on the dollar. And I can turn around and resell it to a market that's wide open to receive it. And Brother Copeland said, um, what are the contents? The businessman, quote, Christian businessman, unquote, said, well, um, it's cigarettes. He said, you, you want me to come into agreement with you to sell cigarettes? Who are you planning to sell these cigarettes to? He said, I can take them and sell them to the Arabs. They, they love cigarettes. So. So you're expecting me to present the gospel to people and at the same time send cancer to them? The man says, well, you know, I'll give the tithe and I'll give an offering to Brother Cobra's like, no, no, I can't be involved in anything like this. Well, the man says it's legal. But just because it's legal doesn't mean it's ethical in the eyes of God. I, I can't be involved in anything that's going to pump cancer into somebody's body. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm. And I knew a good Christian man in the local area. Remember, this is North Carolina. <laughs> Before I tell you that story, one time me and Kelly were in uh, Israel, and we were in a certain part of Jerusalem, and there just happened to be a whole lot of smoke in the air, cigarette smoke, uh, from all these guys smoking cigarettes. And uh, my wife, uh, she said to the tour guide, she said, oh, she said, Brother Aron, she said, I wish uh, that there wasn't so much smoke in certain areas of Israel, particularly like this one area of Jerusalem. He goes, well, Kelly, it's all coming from your state. <laughs> and he, you know, uh, it, was a, it was a hilarious thing he said, but he's right. It's all coming from either North Carolina or Virginia. These are the two greatest exporters of tobacco in the world. But back to North Carolina, this one man that uh, was doing some things here around the church, helping out. Uh, I said, I said, where do you work at? He said, oh, I work for the so-and-so 
a tobacco company, and I, I'm the guy that repairs all the tobacco machines, the cigarette machines. You know, if you go to, to they sell them in stores, but sometimes certain buildings and uh, and places like that, or maybe hotels, they they sell cigarette ma machines. So you put your money in, and you, you get the pack of cigarettes out. And he says, you know, I I work on all the machines and keep them working really good. And um, you know, all I can say on that is that we're all at different levels. And you may be watching me, and maybe you're a Christian, and you love the Lord, but maybe you're working in Vegas, and you're, you're selling the tickets to the show that is just loaded with the most gross forms of perversion. I, I, I've known people that have done that. One, one lady, she said, oh, she was a Christian. She said, I hate working this job. She said, I feel so filthy and dirty. After working a job and doing what I do. Well, why don't you quit and get another job? Well, I got to make a living. That's somebody that doesn't know the covenant. Well, you're never going to get to the top unless fast even you pull some deals on the side. That's a person that's not, that's not a straight shooter. That, that's a person that doesn't know if you walk right with God, you can come into a covenant with him and you'll never Go hungry. You'll never know insufficiency. You know, unless you're fasting, <laughs> praise the Lord. But outside of that, hey, got plenty of food. Even if you are fasting, there's, there's food over there. You're just not eating it. But there's some people, they, they, they don't know that. So, but you know, we're all in different places of growth and grace. So I would encourage you, move quickly. Move quickly onto the ways of the Lord. All of the ways of the Lord are straight. Praise God. Now let's take communion. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. By the way, here's, here's the manual for straight shooting right here. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's grab some unleavened bread. I use these little wafers. Okay, grab something, grab that or something like that. Grab some grape juice. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the bread, the juice. We consecrate it and set it apart now through this prayer, and we thank you that this is blessed. This is now the body and the blood of Christ, our Savior, our example, our straight shooter, our arrow with the polished shaft. Mm -mm. Fathers, we receive the body of Jesus. We ask that you just keep us polished. Because we could have been polished 10 years ago, but we, we're pretty rough today. So, Lord, keep us polished. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Let us hit the target. We thank you, Father God, that there's also destiny times to get pulled out of the quiver. We thank you for the polished work. We give you all of the praise. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the body of the Lord. Praise God. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from our sins and iniquities. Father, we thank you that we understand that iniquities have an element of crookedness in them. Things that we would do that we know they're wrong and we know that they have crookedness. But we thank you for forgiveness through the blood of Christ that our sins and our iniquities when confessed and turned from there is forgiveness and you remember them no more. Father, we receive the blood of Christ with great, great thanksgiving. In the name of Jesus, we pray. 
Amen. Let's receive. Praise God. Again, Acts chapter 13, verse 10. Will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? The Lord's ways are straight. The enemy's ways are crooked. As you grow in discernment, you will be able to discern between what is straight, what is crooked, what is right, what is wrong, what is true, what is a lie, what is transparent honesty and integrity, and what is deceit. Praise God. And every spiritual function will be alive in your spirit, soul, and body. And a lie, a lie will not ever set right with you. Mm. Crookedness. Even if you can't initially put your finger on, why do I feel this is not right? As you continue to shoot straight, you will eventually find out. Mm -mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the genuine and that this is one of the reasons why there has been a lot of fakeness, even fake miracles and fake prophecies. And uh, uh, Lord, there's the genuine, but the genuine's about to go a lot deeper and the real miracles and the real glory, the greater glory that we have been longing for is coming. And it's driving the enemy crazy because he knows it's going to come and he's all these flare ups, but it's coming. So thank you, Father, especially in the midst of the glory. Help us to shoot straight. Thank you, Father, in Jesus name. Amen and amen. Thanks for watching. I'll see you on the straight and narrow. God bless you. Bye bye.